G'day listeners and welcome back to the final episode of the Keeper League podcast for 2021. Uh, the last of the kind of round recaps anyway. We'll have a few things in the off-season like we always do, but uh, the last uh, weekly episode, I guess, for 2021. Uh, I'm joined by Kays. How are you, Kays? A little bit sad, Hef. Why is that, Kays? A little bit sad. Uh, things didn't go my way in the big, in the big dance this weekend and... Uh, Another runner-up finish. So, um, yeah, always the bridesmaid, it seems, in and this that's league. That's your second runner-up, right? Yeah. It was your second grand final that you made. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so you've now made two grand finals and lost them both. Correct, to the same I've, opponent. I've made one grand final and one up. So I'm better because I've made two? Absolutely not. Damn it. <laughs> Although, yeah, pretty, you, finish, well, you generally finish higher than me, like, on average, I think. I'm like Geelong. You're, like, in the middle, middle table, usually around the kind of two to six range, and I'm either, mm. like, top two or three. Or, or bottom, bottom two or three, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just kind of go for go for hell, go for hell and leather, or uh, yeah, go for broke essentially. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's uh, I know it's a really touchy subject, but do you think you'll be able to do the podcast or not? Um, I'll have to have a remedy can butcher to get me through, just to you know pick my spirits up. I think so. Yeah, well, luckily uh, we've got heaps of remedy can butcher, and you know the listeners at home could also have some remedy can butchers if they want to uh, buy some online. So if they want to do that, they can use the coupon Keeper Twenty at remedydrinks.com.au/au/shop and get themselves twenty percent off and free delivery. So I don't know maybe if you want to crack yours, I'll crack the mango passion. Yeah, I noticed Case still doesn't have his uh, mic clip. He's still left at his house for about five weeks straight now, so he has to hold the microphone between his legs when he does anything. It's it's, uh, but, uh, I just feel it's a bit more, you know, stand-up comedian style. Because he's so funny. The, I'm not funny, but it's just I feel more. I feel more in. I don't know in the show when in I'm the holding zone. it. But oh, you, uh, can, you can perform better. I can. Yeah. But uh, look, I did some maths today, Hef, and basically, uh, I couldn't have won this game even if I put the best team forward. So I could have um, told you that in uh, round three, mate. The uh, the premier was the team was too good. That's true, but like you can always win week to week. I'm saying like Tom McDonald. 30, Luke Jackson, 30, Tim English. Why the fuck don't you rock oh, him? Oh, yeah, Bevo, yeah I get what you mean. You couldn't even rearrange a team to- So, I tried to rearrange it. If I put Rotham in, there was 75, Rowan, there was 68, and Fritzy Smith, who decided to play football this week with 111, and I gave the captaincy to Ben Keys. I would have tied- Oh, so you actually couldn't- I would have tied, anyway, which means that I would have lost on- uh, count back due to the him finishing higher so there's no possible way i could have won yeah so that was a difference between you and the best team in the comp correct just unbeatable correct yeah so you wasted your season it's not really <laughs> i've given i've given myself a bit of you know it's been a fun year i've been winning you know uh the oracle's been hot it's just been it's been an enjoyable year all right fair enough fair enough uh but yeah i i thought um I did think at the start of the year the, the guy who won the league was going to win it in a canter and he kind of did in the end. So I was the yeah. highest scoring coach this year. Yeah, you, got, you had a few big weeks. But mm. I always find that's, not, never, that's very rarely, I think, in our league's history, the deciding factor. That is true. And uh, yeah. as you can see, you'd need all your boys firing on the same day and it uh, just didn't happen this week. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, we'll move on. Um, before we get stuck into the final round rewind of the uh, season, uh, we do have our survey up on our website. It's also pinned to our uh, the top post on our Twitter profile. So if you go to our Twitter profile, that'll be the very first post you see there. Um, if you complete that, you could also win some uh, great prizes. So you can win a free gold membership uh, T-shirt or a, a full pack of Remedy Kombuchas. So you've got until uh, I think mid-September um, to win those, to do a survey and win those. We want to get about another... 70 odd people doing it if possible so um yeah if you could uh spend five minutes doing that if you listen to the show uh semi-frequently that'd be great it really helps us kind of work out what we need to do for next season and gives us an accurate uh survey sample for that so mm. yeah if you've got a spare few minutes please do that for us please do anyways guys let's get stuck into the show All right, on to the last round rewind for 2021. We'll start off with Friday night. Case, what an end to the home and away season uh, for the final round anyway for my Port Adelaide case. Uh, great game. I could only imagine how feral you'd have been come the end of the, that game. Yeah. Friday night. I got some heft beers were consumed. Yep, definitely. You would have been just a uh, real fun packet to be around, I'm sure. I did put up a, um Instagram story of uh, my mates on the final siren. It was just like a mosh pit in my mate Rory's uh, lounge room. So, yeah, it was good fun. Everyone jumping on each other and on the couches and stuff. So, nah, it was a, it was a fun night. I was definitely pretty crook on uh, Saturday morning. I needed a bit of a Saturday afternoon nap to recover. But, uh, that means yeah. you've done it properly. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's fine. But anyway, um, the dogs were pretty rubbish in terms of fantasy. So only their 2G4P players fired. So there's not really a lot to talk about. So does that mean you've got room to talk about 15 port players then? I only got three on the list today. Wow, this is a record. No, it's not. If you've been listening this season, I've been quite conservative. I only talk about it when they need to be talking spoken about. Listeners, you can bat me up with this one. Oh, whatever. Feel free to add that in the survey. <laughs> whatever. Uh, I reckon if you go through, you've probably talked about more bombers players. Unlikely. I could guarantee you that. Because there's less 2G4P bombers players. Is there? No, that's probably not actually. That's actually not true. Yeah. Anyway, um, Riley Bonner had 104 points. Uh, it's just it's really interesting to see what he can do uh, come finals this week. So he's averaged 79 since coming back into the side in round 17. Um, and he's had two scores above 80 in there, and now he's had 104 this week. So he's always played a pretty fantasy-friendly role, and he has a spot seemingly locked down or it seems to be have opened up for him in recent weeks. So, look, still a few disposal issues, but creates a lot of run and drive for Port, which we like. Definitely fantasy type. I'm not saying jump on just yet, but he's getting to that age where he's moving into his prime. And uh, yeah, it looks like he's going like to roll lockdown and plays a fantasy role. So let's just watch what happens over the finals. If he can put up another few big scores, he might be worth considering for next season. Kaz, do you find though like these kind of halfback flankers, like there's just, an, like, everyone's got at least four or five of them in their teams. Like we only play four defenders and I feel like everyone's got pretty reasonable defenders in our league. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to make a case to keep someone like Riley Bonner. It's funny. I feel that the the forward to defender mix has really swayed the last couple of years. I reckon maybe three years ago, yeah. a good defender was really hard to come by. Even just a relatively solid defender was hard to come by. Um, but now there seems to be a nice glut. I know my side's pretty well stocked with defenders. So, you know, like someone like Bonner is, you know, not really someone I'm looking f- too hard at the moment. But um, what I do like is that it seems to be a lot more – these halfback flankers are now running a bit through, through through the midfield, but also spending a bit more time halfback. So they're getting a bit more. I'm trying to think of like even like a Justin McInerney or like a, who else has been playing that role kind of well, like Liam Duggan or these kind of guys who um, good halfback flankers. You know Brody Smith to an extent, yeah, Rory Laird. You know like these kind of guys who you can see a bit more evolution of them getting a bit more piggy than potentially they that role used to be. I suppose previously. So um, you know Riley Bonner. You know. Dan Houston is one who's kind of taken that step and goes into the port midfield, even though his, his scoring's dropped a bit lately. But um, his, his scoring was never really as good in the midfield. It was better in defence. Mm, and everyone exactly. talks about him because he went into the midfield. But if you look at the games where he did play midfield and when he plays defence, he hasn't been that great. But yeah, I just find that most teams have an abundance of defenders these days. Like if you look at our league, basically the difference between... Well, my team finished eighth. But if I reckon I matched everyone on every line except my forward line, and that's where my team falls down because mm. the teams that are in the top six just had mm. decent forwards. Teams at the bottom basically didn't. But it really depends on what happens position-wise next yeah. year. You well, know, that's like, where I got shafted. Yeah. I lost mm. four of my starting mm. forwards and we're going to play four forwards. So, mm. um, yeah, doesn't help. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh, Trent McKenzie, the cannon, had 101 points. Now, he's averaging 70 this season and he's usually good for that kind of those kind of numbers. Now, he doesn't have a huge standard deviation, so he doesn't like go really low and doesn't go really high generally. It's just always around that kind of 70 mark. But he takes kick-ins um, and he's often used as that clearing kick out of defense because he can just hoof it so far down the line. He gets a lot of plus threes that way. Um, and if he's up and around on the wing, like there's an example I think was earlier, he had took a, took a mark in the center um, square, essentially, and he's just handballed it straight to the cannon running through because they know he's going to put it, you know, to the hotspot inside 50. So he, they look for him quite a bit to take that, to use, take advantage of his leg. Um, so yeah, can take a grab too. He had nine marks in this game as well. So I think you could do a lot worse for your D5 than Trent McKenzie. I totally agree. But is he like actually safe in Port's best 22? Because at the moment he's keeping Tom Cleary out, which I find kind of Bit strange from a I'd, real football point of view. Nah, if you watch closely, Tom Cleary is an absolute liability. He wasn't against Carlton, so it was, oh, we were talking about it like we were just could not wait for McKenzie to get back in and see Cleary in back weight. It's funny because McKenzie doesn't seem that tall, but he does. He still locks down better. I don't mm. know what it is because Cleary's not that tall either. Mm. Really, um, yeah, I don't know. It's he just seems to he just seems to lock down a lot better, and he seems to be a mo- lot more reliable in defence. Has a better disposal, all that sort of stuff as well. Can take a grab just as good as Cleary can, defend just as good as Cleary can. I'm happy with him in there. My issue is that I think I've heard along the grapevine that Porter going to go hard at another key defender in the tr- uh, off season. Mm. So um, yeah, I've actually I've actually floated. The, uh, I haven't floated the name, but I've kind of mentioned it before. And I'm still not keen to actually float it because I don't want to give away any source or anything like that. But uh, it looks Big like. Footy. 
It's not Big Footy. I don't. I don't call it Big Footy. Well, I, I do have a account, but I don't reckon I've logged in. About there six, we go. I think I've logged in about six years, and I yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't. I don't check it. <laughs> so everyone's got a Big Footy account, don't they? You I know? don't ever. Like, look at a lot it, of people ever. do, but uh, no, it's not where I get my rumors from, unfortunately. Oh. Um, Connor Rosie uh, backed up last week. Uh, no CBAs this week. Just used as a sole forward, essentially. Uh, expect scores like this every uh, every week next year. I reckon. I reckon he's going to be around that eighty mark, eighty average next season, and that's if he can remain um, injured free and have a full preseason that sort of stuff he's definitely capable of like an 80 kind of average um, even if he's just playing as a forward role which we'll probably end up doing for a bit until you know we, we really need him to move into the midfield but I think right now he's quite uh, a good performer for us in front of goals now before we wrap up the port talk for the year Hef this might be our last pod for a while so you know what does Ken have to do to keep his job uh, I think he's kept it he's made top four top two keeps it again on results but if he goes out in straight sets are you going to be filthy? Are you going to start the sack? I will be filthy. Hashtag? I will be filthy, but you just can't. It would just be a bad look. Unless you've got someone like really good lineup. Say if Clarko wanted to come in next season, that's mm. the only way you could do it. I just don't think it'd be good for the club to sack him on the back of that. But if you look, if on the same to- on the same token, Port haven't performed. Like we haven't really beaten that many like top four or top mm-hmm. eight sides this season. Mm-hmm. We haven't performed that well. Like we let Carlton get to a six goal or five goal lead at one stage. We went four goals down in the first quarter this week. Mm-hmm. And we scrapped to beat Western Bulldogs when Hawthorne beat them, like flogged them the week before. So mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's know. the prediction? What are you going for? He coaches next year. I mean, sure. What are you what are you predicting for Port this year? I'm predicting a prelim exit. Another prelim exit. Okay. Okay. That's probably I think we're a chance of winning this week, but if we think we lose we Win the following week, and then I think we will we'll struggle to make it to a prelim from the, uh, to the grand final from there. That's my gut feel. You heard it here first. Remedy can put your gut feel. I mean, no, I'm a really you know, passionate supporter. And we're just going to win the grand final. That, that's what no, I want the honest. <laughs> I want the honest one. I don't want some nuffy one-eyed. Shit. No, no, that's that's what I feel. I don't think we've. I don't think we're as good as Melbourne and Geelong, and I think they're the two that will make it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, let's move on to Richmond versus Hawthorne. Jeez, we've. Spent a fair bit of time for three players, but anyway. Uh, David Asprey, 94 points. Just the retirement game, Kays. It's absolutely real. It is real. Uh, I looked at the numbers you put up and they don't really mm. seem like... I think there's probably been bigger fluctuations from players mm. on their average for the season. So, maybe... I don't know if that we can call it conclusive. It is. I don't know. There's, Like I said, I think there's... I think it's a guaranteed 11-point bump minimum. Apart oh, from sh- Mark Murphy, there's been bigger deviation from the averages this year, I think. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but anyway... Uh, I was hoping for some bigger numbers, but yeah, I'm surprised that Chris Mann didn't go off. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, averaging 57 uh, for the year, David Asprey pumps out this. Just It's just a big tip of the cap in the retirement game. So thank you, David Asprey, for your services. Um, but I don't think I've ever picked you. Know, he's probably a free agent in our league as well. But uh, tip of the cap anyway. Here's uh, an interesting one. Jack Ross had 93 points. And he just showed what he can do when given a run in the midfield. So he had the most CBAs for Richmond. So he was just firmly in the guts, had the most contested possessions for Richmond too. But you've got to remember that Martin, Cochin, Prestia, Lambert, Edwards, all out of the side, these are the guys playing in the midfield uh, when they're fit. Still don't know what to make of Jack Ross. It's a mm. good showing, but I just don't know where he sits in the depth chart of the midfielders, that's all. Yeah, he always seems to be a tease this time of year, I feel. Yeah, and a tease at draft time as well because I picked him up this year. You'll pick him up again. Nah, that was the first time I've owned him. I don't think I will. Unless he's guaranteed best 22. If there's an actual preseason that we can monitor, um, we play more than one game, but we'll wait and see. Mm. Uh, Dylan Grimes had 88 points. Uh, just tip of the cap as well. He's only averaging 59 this season. That's his second best season ever, actually, 59. Um, and he was playing on Kaziski, who got injured and is pretty inexperienced. So it's just a pretty cruisy day for him. But Nick Vlostone, uh, I guess partner in crime back there, uh, 80 points. Scores of 128, 95 and 80 to finish off the season. And we laughed a little bit because he was taken in the first round in our home league keeper draft. But there, and there were probably better options at the time he was taken. I think it was a pretty early pick in our keeper league draft. But he wasn't the worst pick out of the top first round either. So he, he reliably reliably gets you like 75 most weeks. And he plays every week too. So, you, you know, again, for a D5, you couldn't ask too much more from that, could you? You can't. But as we were talking about before with Bonner, you can probably get someone of similar ilk a lot later in a draft as well. Exactly. Yeah, people do go early because of the and the name. You know, he's a premiership defender. So, Vlaston will be 28 at some stage during next year. So, still got plenty of good footy left in him. Yeah. And, yeah, I do like a guy who can uh, intercept defend. It's uh, in my wheelhouse. Since someone asked us last week whether they should field Vlaston, we said yes. If so, we got him 80. Maybe. What's that? Sure, we did. Yeah, we did. Uh, and they would have won. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. 
unlike you. Uh, Connor Nash uh, had 98 points. Uh, great end to the season in the midfield. Just monitor the preseason because obviously we know there's going to be a new coach at Hawthorne. Does this role continue? Like we saw someone like Luke McDonald look like he would play the most fantasy-friendly role in the world uh, this season. New coach comes in and completely changes things up. I guess injury did affect him a little bit. But uh, yeah, if he's listed as a forward though and plays the exact same role, like again, we get to see a few preseason games. I'm very, very interested in this guy and he could go really early in drafts if that role is to continue. He was undrafted in our league. He was, And I think before he went into the midfield, before he um, played a game, first game in the midfield this year, he was uh, 0% owned. Hmm. Was 1% owned actually so mm. between 0 and 1 very low anyway um, Jonathan Segler had 83 again we called it last week when he's the number one ruck he um, scores well the issue is Ned Reeves is the future I think in that Hawthorne ruck department which makes Segler's job security pretty shaky good end to this season but I just don't have faith in him going forward that's all case that's fair enough all right. I do like Reeves yeah, I know. So do I. I in my dynasty league, I have um, Segler and I've got McAvoy and my arch nemesis has Reeves. And I feel like I need Reeves just to go into the future. So I'm going to have to cough up in the, in the mm. trade period, I reckon. Anyway. Uh, on to the Swans and Suns game. Justin McInerney, keeper league boy, uh, 119 from him. He is very, very good. Now, how few spoke to him a long, long time ago. He's, you know, originally your boy, but... You know, we've given him a good push the last couple of months and, um, look, played out on the wing on the weekend and just played it beautifully. 29 touches and 22 kicks. Love that ratio. Also the 13 marks. So, just playing that perfect outside game. Look, to be honest, the, shun- uh, the Suns didn't show a hell of a lot of spirit um, on the weekend. But, uh, look, J-Max building beautifully. And he's one I think you can uh, lock in for back status next year too. So, uh, if he is still around, I know his ownership, ri- ownership has risen a heap lately. Get on board, J-Max. What the hell was up with that midfield stint the other week? Like, mm. so weird. Like, do you think he... Now, the CBAs you, and that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then... Yeah. But they gave Papley heaps the week yeah, after so and then, yeah. like, none exactly. this week. So, they obviously... Th- they actually have a lot of good players. My concern is, like, we're talking him up as a defender for mm. a good few weeks and mm. then he did that midfield game. Then he's played on a wing this week. Mm. Does he get the back status next season? Because he's played midfield for most of the first half of the season as well. It was really yeah. only probably four or five weeks that he played in defence. Like he was solely. looking so good back there yeah, too. It's going to be interesting. I think he, I think he will get it. So then, does someone like Jordan Dawson keep back status? But he only, play, he only played on the wing for like the last four again. So You're like kind he played of flipping the same thing, you know? Like no, but it's the it's the opposite thing. Like Mackin only played on for probably fifteen weeks on a in the, on a mm. wing when he played. Whereas Jordan Dawson played played. I think there's going to be a lot of movement around some of these def- like defender status kind of dudes. Like Callum Mills is going to lose it. Yeah. Will Dawson, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he does. But if Dawson loses it, then McInerney doesn't get defender status. They flat, mm, you'd have to apply yeah. the kind of same kind of thought. It's interesting. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting with a few of these guys. But uh, Tom Hickey was also very good, 113 points from him. We've obviously 2G for Pete because he's had a sensational start, a sensational year, I should say. But look, if he's 32 at the start of next year, and he's obviously been an incredible pickup for a lot of coaches, he actually basically finished as a top 10 Ruckman this year, which is kind of crazy to think. Um, averaged 82. Now, a lot of teams would have him, um, but would you be keeping him? Like, I've, I feel that there'd be a lot of teams who would have had maybe a, maybe a Tom DeConig or someone like that who are they developing Ruckman and they've just gone, all right, I just need someone, you know, just a warm body on the field. Yeah. You brought Tom Hickey in. Would you be, you know, say we keep 16, would you be keeping him if you're in um, our league? A top 10 Ruckman in a keeper league isn't that impressive. Because, like, if you're playing a team of 10, which I do in one league, mm. in two leagues, actually, mm. everyone's got a top 10 ruckman. If anyone's mm. just got one starting ruck, it's generally one of the top 10. So, it's just like you've got a ruck, essentially. Mm. Um, probably not, I don't think. But it depends on your list. depends where you're at. depends what else you've got in your team. Like, if you don't have another ruckman, it's probably not the worst option to fill that spot. And if there's not, it doesn't look like there's a lot in your draft as well. Um, depends on a lot of factors. But, yeah, I don't think it's just, you know, average – oh, no, nah, average 82 – uh, yeah, yeah, you can make a case. If you've got nothing better in your ruck department, you're keeping him because he fills that spot. He's had a very good year. Yeah, so, well done to all those uh, coaches who drafted Tom Hickey this year. Uh, Georgie Hewitt's kind of come good late in the season. He had 96, 23 touches and six tackles, averaging 77 in his last five games. Now, he's another who could very well hold that back center status um, 
heading into next year. And for me, he's not really a keeper, but he is a nice mid-draft target next year. Now, the Swans midfield is going to run super deep over the next few years. You know, we haven't really seen Warner or Braden Campbell much this year. Um, Dylan Stevens can't even get a game. And then we've seen, you know, Pat Lee, McInerney all go through there. So, Sorry, um, just Dylan Stevens apparently exploring his options. As he should be. Trade period, yeah. But like, there's a good chance you'll see him somewhere to else. To the Crows. Good. Yeah. Mm, well, highly likely, it sounds. Yeah. And they could use another outside type. Mm. Paul Season's probably their best one. And he's been around for ages now. So It's true. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, look, George Hill is still a very serviceable player. There's even some rumors about him getting a trade. So if he moved clubs, I'd also be keen to explore him a bit more. His best year was a 76 average back in 2017. And I think that's probably about what you're going to get. So if that's the kind of guy you're looking for just to, to you know, bolster up your, you know, maybe a, your last midfield spot or your last defender spot, I think he's worth having a look at next year. Uh, Hayden McLean had 81 points, kicked two goals, six marks and four tackles. He does it all for a big guy. Uh, very nice game. Um, he's ended the season with a 55 average, but his last two games he's notched up a 79 and 81. He's also tunned up early this year. Now, I reckon he could be an absolute steal next year, especially for some of the guys who kind of sort their uh, targets by overall average. I think uh, HMAC has um, played some good games. I think if they can get a... A solid Ruckman, obviously Hickey is one, but um, I think he just plays that nice, you know, key forward, uh, second Ruck kind of role beautifully yeah. and he has proven to be an, an okay scorer. So, I reckon he's one you might better um, nab late and if he does get a little Ruck forward DPP, he'd be even juicier. For those teams um, like me where you're looking like you're going to be losing all your forwards again this year, he's the kind of place you need to be targeting in your drafts to actually get someone on your team that can actually score okay. Scores well when he plays, and yeah. I think he's just going to keep playing because he looks a likely type. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And they don't have a plethora of options in the key forward department. No, they don't. Yeah. No. Uh, Benny Ainsworth had seventy two, and yes, he's been a ridiculously big letdown this year, but he has come good towards the back end of the season. I think you got to hold him because I think his upside outweighs his downside. Now, had twenty one touches and kicked two points on the weekend, and he's a very good, um, you know, link man half forward kind of role. So. I'm going to temper my expectations and, and say he's kind of going to be maybe a 70 to 80 mid, uh, sorry, 70 to 80 forward. And I think if that's what you're, you're hunting, then it's going to be okay. He ended the season with a 69 average and 200s, but uh, I still think there's scope for improvement. Um, and hopefully the, the Suns can improve a bit because I think if they actually get their shit together and potentially get to be a, a side that, you know, challenges to the finals, I think some guys like Ainsworth and co will kind of improve their scoring next year. So I'd be holding the faith with Benny Ainsworth. But one who I'm not keen on holding would be Rory Atkins. Now, he had 52 on the weekend. And there would have been a lot of people who, who kept Rory Atkins last year. Back center status, DPP, coming from the Crows, he was a pretty serviceable player. And you kind of go, gone to the Gold Coast, should be plenty of points to be won. It's been a nightmare year for him. He's had injury issues, but even when he's come back into the side, he's been nowhere near that AFL level and he's still got three years left of a deal, which is kind of crazy to think about. Now, for me, he's an easy to list. There's a chance I'd be looking looking at him late next year in a, in a, in a draft pick just as a, a late fly because you kind of see someone almost in a... I don't know, someone who's lost form, maybe like a Tom McDonald, and then you go, well, you might as well throw it because you know he's kind of been a proven okay scorer late, uh, of in the past. So maybe have a look at the rat late, but uh, yeah, definitely wouldn't be holding him. From memory, he's never averaged over 80. Sorry, he did. Oh, no, he did do three years in a row. So like we got just there. So we got 81, 79, 81 for 2017, 18, 19. So the year that they challenged for the flag and the three years after that, but I don't know. He just like if he if he's playing permanently on like a I think on, in some of those years he was playing on a wing though as well. Mm. So it was like he was probably around the ball a bit more. I just don't know. He's never really appealed to me that much. Like, I think that those kind of three years when the Crows were really up and about and they just had you know their fair share of possession, he could average an eighty, and that's like his absolute ceiling. Once he just turned twenty seven. Yeah, but I'm saying like if you're you know thinking you're going to be challenging and he's still around you know late in a draft, you'd throw a pick at him, wouldn't you? Because uh, like, they're the guys. If he if he gets into that side and consolidate a spot, look at the, look, at the, look okay. at the draft this year. My last two rounds, I had Dev Rob and Mitch Georgiades. Mm. So if you get to the last two rounds, who would you prefer to pick, Dev Rob, like a player of Dev Rob and Mitch Georgiades that you can build for the future, or pick up someone like Rory Atkins? Depends where you list that. Your list's horrible, so you need to find some keepers. <laughs> my list is great, except for my forward line. My, my list is actually super solid, except for the forward line. 
But it's like, it's, it really depends on what you're drafting for. Yeah. Because I think, oh, yeah. you know, like you got lucky. Well, not lucky. You picked well with Robertson and uh, Georgiades in terms of that they could go on to become I probably a, can't one of keep Georgiades, to be honest. Like I can't fit him in. So well, there you go. But yeah, I can keep, I'm planning on keeping Dev Rob. But, uh, depends what you yeah. like to do. Yeah, but yeah. I think, you know, like there there is scope that someone like Ratkins could kind of bounce back if he's got a full preseason under his belt and can slot into a halfback maybe role there. I don't know. But I think there's worse guys to pick up than him. Uh, let's move on to Brisbane Lions versus the West Coast Eagles. Now, Charlie Cameron had 97 points and he had a cracking end to the season. I expect scores like this every three or four weeks from Charlie Cameron, not doing it you know, three weeks in a row like he has to finish off the season this year. Too bad for me that he uh, only scores like this after I'm eliminated from finals because I pick him up every year. Just I love him having him as a streamer uh, loophole option because every, like I said, every three or four weeks he pulls out like a 100 or a 90 to 100 and you can just loop him on and it's awesome but he basically didn't do it all year until the final rounds of the season um I'll, con- I'll continue to advise it though. Just draft him in the mid-rounds of your keeper um, draft just for streaming and loopholing purposes because he's the kind of guy who goes big when he gets on the end of a few goals. Uh, Dan McStay had 85 points and he's been awesome since Hipwood went down and he'll maintain this role for much- or first half at least of 2021. Hipwood will probably come back halfway through, which probably eats into a bit of his scoring though. Um, that's what scares me about Dan McStay, but he should get off to a good start to the next year. You just know that there's a risk coming towards the end of the year with Hipwood coming back, it might eat into some of his scoring, that's all. But yeah, serviceable end to the uh, 2021 season, that's for sure. Big time. West Coast, um, apart from the two G4Ps, they're just generally pretty gross. Um, giving away a lot of fantasy points recently too. They just really need some you know, youth and up-and-comers like, to get excited about, really. Or just play the ones that they've got, at least. You know, your Foley's, mm. your Edwards's, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I um, knew. There's yeah. a lot of guys who are going okay in the waffle, but just don't get an opportunity. Yeah. I don't know. It's not working on the field, so uh, maybe we should try some up and play some of these youngsters. But yeah, nothing really to report on except for the two G4Ps, obviously. Uh, Geelong versus Melbourne. So Lockie Henderson, he's he's now my September specialist in keeper leagues. Um, even though it's not September yet, <laughs> it was just big in finals last year. I think he went eighty every week, eighty plus every week, except for the grand final where he stunk it up um, in the finals last year. But uh, coming in the finals this year, he took fifteen marks and he kept your boy McDonald pretty quiet mm. um, in this game. Um, I think I remember him up forward near the end too. I think they just needed some sort of third option to kick to or something up there. But uh, I don't think it had too much of an effect up forward when he was there. I just remember him getting injured. No, he got tackled or bumped or hit head high when he was playing at forward. That's the only thing I remember about it. Um, yeah, not super sold on him, but uh, for some reason he t- tends to go big this time of year. Uh, Reece Stanley had 80 points and that was against Max Gorn. So this was a pretty um, good effort too. Had 33 hit outs, but there were a lot of stoppages in this game, so that aided him too. Just monitor Geelong's ruck situation in finals and over the offseason. He can score okay if he's guaranteed the number one ruck role, so he's sometimes worth picking up, especially like us if we play utilities. He's kind of like a good player to play there if he's actually playing because he generally gets 80 most weeks. It's just the best 22 status. That's the issue. Uh, moving on to some Melbourne players. So, Jake Lever had 81 points, uh, had a decent game of defense. Um, 11 caps, uh, kicks, 11 handballs, 8 marks, but it's just a tip of the cap for mine. Um, I really wouldn't want to own him in a keeper league, but uh, he can put up some good scores every now and then. Um, Cozzy Picker had 80 points, but he needed three goals to get there. Just don't love his role for fantasy. That said, he is an immense talent, but I think he's going to be a, a streamer loophole kind of option more so throughout his career unless he can kind of get some sort of midfield gig which I don't see happening considering their midfield depth but do you reckon Cozzy could play the Dusty role or the Jordan Degoe role um, the you know like Jordan Degoe is now full time midfield so that's yeah but not the really goes forward and the Dusty goals. role is like Dusty doesn't even score that well in fantasy <laughs> Dusty scores the same basically I mean do the thing or the stringer role then yeah, but yeah, could but potentially, but I just string is like pretty big body, so he goes and he gets like contested touches that sort of stuff. Because he's only second year player, so I know, but I don't think he's going to develop into that kind of body type of those Shy players. Bolton styles, mentioned. then perhaps, but I reckon it's just wishful thinking. Like mm-hmm. when Shy Bolton scores well, he's generally one hundred percent midfield. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I just don't think he's ever going to move into that midfield full time. We saw Shy Bolton, you know, a couple of weeks ago go back to forward and score fifty. Mm-hmm. You know. It's just the role is not perfect. He needs to get a midfield gig and I just don't see it happening for him, that's all. I just love Cozzy. He's so good to watch. He's great to watch. Don't get me wrong. He's an excitement machine. And like I said, talent through the roof. It's just not built for fantasy scoring, that's all. Uh, let's move on to Carlton versus GWS. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the king, Tommy DeConi. He had 90 points and probably arguably his most impressive game of his career. And the game where you go, yeah, 
I reckon he's going to be a genuine ruck for the future. He had 32 hitouts, 10 touches, and five tackles, which is fantastic. Look, I think there's going to be a lot of young, exciting rucks around. You know, you've got Koenig, Draper, Jackson. Um, there's a lot of good young athletic types um, in the game, which is going to be awesome. Look, he comfortably keep, uh, beat Kieran Briggs. And if Tom DeConan can hold ruck forward status next year, I think there'll be a lot of very happy coaches. Just gives him a bit more flexibility and potentially he can draft an older guy, you know, even in the mold of a, a Tom Hickey just to kind of cover um, when you think his matchup, when, sorry, when DeConan's matchups don't really work. But uh, yeah, I think if you're an owner right now, you'd be pretty happy because uh, he's tracking beautifully. Uh, Mitchie McGovern had 70 and look, he's a really funny player because at his best, he's very good, but he just hasn't been at that level for a long time or he isn't fit most of the time. But look, when Carlton get their best team together, you've got Mackay, Kernow and McLovin up there and that's pretty imposing if they're all fit and firing. Um, McGovern had 13 touches and kicked the goal on the weekend. Look, back in 2018, he averaged 71. Um, and if he can manage to just stay injury-free for six months uh, through this preseason, I'd think about throwing a, uh, a pick at him late, especially if the forwards um, forward uh, stocks remain low. You know, I'm just kind of thinking of a, a Tom McDonald this year who, um, you know, had a bit of an injury-affected year last year and um, kind of came through for the goods for owners this year. So McGovern could do something similar if he can get up and fit. Uh, Brody Kemp, his second game, uh, had 57 points, former pick 17. Look, he's got some okay fantasy pedigree. He's uh, averaged 64 in the VFL this season, but back a couple years ago, averaged 86 in the under-18 champs, has had his injury issues. So another one who hopefully can get his body right. But uh, I just like the look of what he could do. Um, had a bit of pace running out of the back line. So if the Blues can kind of make a few astute changes to their list and you know give guys like Kemp and co. a bit of a go, I reckon he's one who could take uh, take a leap forward next year and and impress uh, for a cheap pick. Was this his second year or third year in the system? I think it's his second. S- he's in the same draft as Walsh, so third. Third. Okay, mm. yeah. So he's coming into the right age profile to kind of go right. Mm. I think now he's had a bit of a taste of uh, you know AFL footy. He might be one that could make a significant jump next season. Actually, maybe he's third. I can't, yeah, remember. I can't remember second or third. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's. For a guy who hasn't played much footy, I think there's some upside to him for sure. Uh, Carlin Ward at 110. And look, he's just one of those warriors who, due to age, you just can't keep. Uh, had 28 touches and kicked two goals, one. Look, he's just kind of in that Selwood Sloan mold where, look, they're pretty solid when they're playing and they do average all right. He's averaging 84 this year and has pulled out six tons. But look, just one you kind of target for uh, around two or three in your draft and um, just kind of stock up, especially if you're hunting a, a flag. Second year. Well, that was Kemp's second was. year. Okay. So into his third year breakout next year. Oh, Kempster. Big news. Uh, and Kieran Briggs had 77 now. This was the game where it kind of convinced me he's not going to be GWS's number one ruck ever going forward. Uh, De Koning, who's still quite skinny and, and young, had his measure. Look, there was no Proust, no Flynn, no Mummy, obviously. I think you've got to assume that Proust is ready to go round one next season. Yeah. Um, and then it really comes down to do they have Briggs as the Briggs or Flynn as that, um, you know, second key forward Ruckman kind of thing. So I think they're going to fight it out. It just depends who they want to go with. Potentially Briggs is a bit more um, versatile than Flynn. Flynn's a big, you know, lumbering kind of dude. But we'll be interesting to monitor over the preseason. Uh, we know that um, basically uh, Bruce is ready to go. He was going to play some VFL, but then uh, Melbourne hasn't really been open for a few weeks. So he'll be ready to go round one. Look, Briggs still had 13 touches and 26 hitouts, but I just don't think he's got the, the capability to be a proper number one ruck. For the classic players who like to, you know, the keeper league coaches that like to double in the classic, geez, Proust is going to be juicy next season. That's all I want to say. He would have to be a uh, R2, wouldn't he? Just considering this year with rucks, like, you can't really be so certain on your Gorn and your Grundy anymore as mm. well because you've got Darcy moving into the frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marshall. Yeah, and they've just, yeah, exactly. And just like they've kind of been up and down. So, yeah, Proust could definitely be in the, almost in the top five conversation next year if everything goes to plan. Wow. Input him interesting. A conversation, not a guarantee. Conversation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, St. Kilda versus Fremantle. Um, so, Nick Caulfield, like, just when I was happy to throw this guy back to the scrap heap, uh, own him in our Keeper League, he goes and does this. He just looked like the Nick Caulfield of last year. Uh, took 70 kicks, took uh, seven arcs. Um, where's this been all season? Like, he's just mm. been – I think the role has had been affected by Sinclair's rise. 
But I don't know. He seemed like they threw him back into that role this week. And yeah, he was really good. So I don't know. I hope we just, again, get more than one preseason game to watch these guys um, so we can get some uh, decent fantasy um, or guess get a decent gauge of where his fantasy scoring might be next season. I think the issue, just going back to that topic about the preseason games, I think the clubs just like playing one and a bunch of scratch matches rather than like the full, you know, NAB uh, challenge type thing, whatever it is now, Amy series, whatever it it's makes called. It makes it hard to get any good data out of oh, anything. No. You know, it's just like some reporter who's watching, yeah. you know, and you'd never really know the full extent of what's going on because, you, know, yeah. you know, some guy might play half a game and they go, oh, I didn't really see him. Well, it's because yeah. Didn't play half a game, so... Yeah, exactly. Um, Cooper Sharman had 94 points, and he kicked four goals. I think he was picked up in the mid-season draft from... Yeah, Mary? from, like, SNFL Reserves. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he played the key forward role in Max King's absence, and he showed some really good signs for the future, but... Just being a key forward behind King and Memory is probably not the greatest thing for your future. But, uh, yeah, he'll need to move up that death chart. But, yeah, just the way he could kind of – he just was plucking everything that was coming his way, taking some good grabs. Not, mm. you know, not looking super um, special, like, you know, not looking super, like, gifted, but just really, really solid, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't mind – I didn't mind his game, that's for sure. I probably won't pick him up in a fantasy from a fantasy perspective, but um, a good game, 94 points, tip of the cap type thing. Uh, Jack Bytoe had 85 points and he had most CBAs behind Jack Steele. Um, he pushed forward and kicked two goals as well. So do you think this is a sign of things to come, Kays? There's talks of Billings, Dunstan, Ross on, all on the trade table. It could be a bump for him next season. I'd love to see him because he's definitely a proven scorer when he gets the opportunity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they do have a, a genuine glut of midfielders at St. Kilda and look, someone like Dunstan isn't necessarily the most talented but generally has a crack. You know, Ross is a bit older, uh, Billings is a bit out of favour. So I think if some dominoes fall the right way, uh, could be pretty positive for someone like, like Jack Bytel. Say if he's like the third in line behind, you know, Steele, Crouch and then Bytel. Still mm. not the worst midfield makeup. And you've still got Hanabry. And Jones. Well. And Jones and too. Yeah, it's not the worst midfield so makeup. there's a few around that. Yeah. And they could see a bit of a bump on in that respect. Uh, Jack Higgins had 78 points and I'm warming to him next season, especially for a team like mine where I do not have a lot of forward options. Um, he's actually a pretty decent one over the end of this season. So, um he ended up averaging 79 for the season and he's averaged 75 since coming back in the side um, in round 20. So two scores of 80 plus in there. He had 150 in there that brought that down. But uh, yeah, didn't average that poorly in the end. Just needed to get on the park and play a bit more, that's all. Um, going on to Frio, there's only one player that really stood out and that was Hayden Young. Just just quietly, Frio were awful. Like coming yeah. into a game where they needed to win, um, I know it wouldn't have mattered, didn't matter in the long run because Essendon obviously um, got up over Collingwood, absolutely flogged them. But you think they just would have showed a bit more fight in this game. Yeah. But yeah, Hayden Young was probably the one standout. He had 91 points and just get on yeah, get on this guy for next year. He's, he was a gun junior. He's got a great fantasy role off halfback. I think he'll be 2G4P very early next season. So It's actually crazy to roll into the pub. He kind of like got half, a footy, half of that game of footy left. You're like, oh, surely like, Fury going to show something. Yeah, yeah. You know, Bob was off to play for something at the next game and it was just like, no, nah, no, nah, we don't even care. Saints nah. run over us. For a weekend that was just filled with awesome games, like that one just ruined it. Mm, it yeah. was disappointing. Anyway, so let's move on to your boys, Bombers. Uh, there's that um, Twitter page, days since Essendon have won a final. Mm-hmm. It's in real danger of resetting to zero this week. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we the closest o- it's gotten a long time. We can only sure. hope. We can only hope. You never know. We're a sneaky chance. You, if you beat... The dogs, we can beat the dogs. Exactly. Anyway, um, look, Jamie Elliott had 111 for Collingwood. Uh, he's just a real uh, keeper league favourite purely because on his day, he's a very good player, but he's always fit or uh, sorry, he's always unfit or injured or a little bit fluctuating in form. But he had 18 touches and kicked four goals. One, pardon me, that was some uh, mango passion kombucha. <laughs> uh, average 74 this season, but did he did come home with a 79 average in his last five. Look, he's just turned 29, so I doubt he's capable, but interesting to see what role he plays next year with the new coach. Do they want to kind of play him a bit more in the midfield? Because when he does that, he, he can be quite dangerous in the CBAs, but obviously um, coming like it at a goalie, he's, he's also very good around goals. So if he wasn't so injury prone, you could make a case to keep him, but I reckon if you are kind of hunting a flag next year, he's one to look at uh, early to mid just as a, a forward who can win a game for you off his own boot. Just I noticed he had, like I didn't see this game, but um, I noticed he had a real high number of CBAs. I think it was 19 for the game. So he's obviously playing a fair bit of midfield time, but then also kicked four goals. Mm. Do you see the midfield time being maintained in 2022? It's interesting because I think ideally they'd almost want to play him as that 
stringery kind of role, you know, because he- you know, It I felt like him and Dugowie it. just swapped roles yeah. this year for a big part of it, but then they've both been playing in the midfield a bit. Honest, I think originally they thought that they would like swap in tandem in a game and yeah. then Dugowie's kind of blossomed as a midfielder. So I think Jamie Elliott is more dangerous in front of goals. Agreed. Yeah. yeah but look, if he can get, if, if he can kind of do that thing where maybe he gets- five or so CBAs a, a game and um, rolls forward, he could be a dangerous op, uh, proposition. But it depends if Colin would go like full rebuild next year or, or something like that. You know, what happens to someone like him who, you know, is a bit injury prone? I'm not what, too sure. What did Elliot end up averaging this season? 74. 74. Yes, he's a chance to be in the keeper pool. Well, I'll in the draft pool next mm, season. So I would say he would be. He's someone I'm still looking at though. Mm just because my die forward line. Oh, yeah, no, I think I think it's worth taking. But, yeah. you know, I wouldn't probably go before round five purely because he's a guy who can do a hammy and miss half a year. Yeah, true. That's, that. that's the issue. Fritz Smith, bloody hell, 111 points from him. Sitting Genuine on your bench. Salt in the wounds game for owners. Look, on recent form, there's absolutely no way you could have picked him in your grand final side. He hasn't actually gone above 70 since round eight. Had 23 touches, four tackles, kicked two goals too, and only had 11 points in the last quarter. So he was on track for a huge score. What was weird, he was actually sharing the ball around. So he must have been crook. He must have COVID or something like that because he was doing some strange things. Um, look, on a, on his previous role that has been playing this whole season, you just can't keep him. So I, I implore you not to keep him because I think that, um, yeah, his, uh, his role that he's been playing most of the year when the Don's been on fire has not been that fantasy friendly. So, um, don't get sucked into this 111-point last game. Uh, Mason Redman, he is one who's tracking beautifully. The Red Dogs scored 102 points, had 21 touches, 10 marks, and even bobbed down for two goals. He got super junky of late. He was one who I was kind of watching because at one stage I was getting close to being half a chance, and then uh, he just had 44 points in last quarter, and that was uh, basically good night nurse to my side. Look, he averaged 68 this season and he's got genuine upside because seven of his 21 games, he scored 80 plus. So, looks really settled in that Essendon back line. And I think if you're light on backs, you could make a case to keep him. But one who you could take midway through a draft next year and I think he could be very serviceable and, and someone who could always align as like a, a D4, D5. He's just so up and down. That's all. Yeah. That's the only thing. Like, I, was, I owned him. I it's think, like 80s or 40s kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I traded I, I traded him in last year. It was actually a really good trade for me at the time because Redmond really looked like somebody was going to break out mm. last year. And I, I don't think it really – it didn't cost me a lot. I can't remember. I think – no, I traded Nick Nat Nui for him last year because Nick Nat Nui was my bench ruckman. Mm. And I got Redmond in and I thought that was such a good deal. And then he did nothing for me last year. But then he kind of returned to his form the year previous this mm. year. So, mm. I don't know. He'll probably go average like 50 next year. And just he's a good player. Off. He's a good player. Yeah, I like watching him, sure. Uh, Tommy Cutler had 94 points and he's found a nice little halfback flank role in the last couple of weeks. Uh, had 99 and 94 in two of his last three games. So, I think this was actually the role he was brought to the club to play a few years ago and looks most comfortable back on the halfback flank. Had 24 touches and look, long-term listeners of the pod will know that I do really love Tommy Cutler, but uh, unfortunately I think you can only entertain him late in a draft next year. Yes, there's big upside, but at the same time I do worry that he may not be best 22 once everyone's up running and firing. Uh, Two metre Peter had 90. And tell you what, is anyone else getting super excited about two metre Peter? Yeah, I am. Uh, and when bloody Gold Coast are paying 200 grand of his salary as well, which Jeez. is so good. He kicked four goals, had eight marks and 13 touches. And look, he could have got even more goals. He was always in the right spots, just couldn't clunk some marks and just made a few kind of schoolboy errors. But for me, he's a keeper of sure, which is kind of crazy to say, but he has genuine upside. He's only 24. He's got ruck forward DPP, which I'm sure he won't lose. He's a, he's a bit of a jewel. I think he could win you a few games next year. My mate Hammer was um, real big on two meter Peter at the start of the year, and he ended up winning his uh, keeper league grand final with two meter Peter in the side. So yeah, shout out to him. <laughs> nothing better than giving nothing better than giving one of your boys a, a premiership medal at the end of the year. Yeah, just would not shout about two meter Peter. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's he's alright. Like okay, but no, nah, it was really like last few weeks he's been massive for him. It's so been fantastic. Dragged his team over the line, so it's been good fun to watch. Uh, Dylan Shu had 73 points, and look, I think it's genuine danger signs for him. Yes, he's been injured, and the big question is, where is his best spot? Because a lot of people have jumped him. You know, Parrish has come in. Um, McGrath's great. Look, he's 29 at the start of next year. If he can a bit, if he can get fit, he could be a different story. But I'm always seeing a bit of signs of Jason Johannesson about him, where you know all these kind of good players have emerged and just taken a spot that you kind of assumed was his and maybe he's just not quite up to that level anymore. 
I'd, I'd sell him if I was owning Dylan Shield, but I'm just not sure what you're going to get for him at the moment. Wasn't there some sort of trade rumor about him last week that you commented on Twitter or retweeted? Was it yeah, we'd get rid of him in an. Oh, but what, Port, was, the, what Port, was the proposition? No, Kane then? said that Kane Corn said that Port should trade in Dylan Shield. Oh, for any for anything? Oh, I didn't it. actually say oh, who third for. rounder. Sure, let's do it. Yeah, well, I just said <laughs> I'd take anything because I don't. I don't think he really helps our side out. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like he is just depth now. Yeah, Parish Merritt Stringer. Oh, you, yeah, your midfield does roll deep, but I don't know. And I don't think he's got a second string to his bow. Yeah, perhaps. You know, I don't know. yeah. Like you're not going to play him off half back flank because he can't kick. Yeah, and he's not really a real dangerous forward. Injury affected year though. I'd give him a bit more of a spell. You can maybe give him another year. Mm, I'd Seriously. sell. I'd sell. And on to the last game of the year. It was the Adelaide Crows versus North Melbourne. Now, firstly. We've got to say, Benny Keys, 144 points in a fantasy grand final. That is a huge effort. 38 touches and two snags. One of the worst kicks I've ever seen go through for a goal as well. Are you just going to mention Ben Keys every time he puts up big scores? Yeah, uh, he's, like he's the only guy I've ever picked that's been 2G4. He's a before. keeper league favourite, man. I know he is. I know People, he is. I'm even wearing Ben Keys jumper. Oh, yeah. Like, I did notice that. <laughs> uh, 144 in grand final. We're going to have listeners wanting uh, versions of that Ben Keys jumper. That's right. I can get them printed. Sweet. <laughs> Uh, look, Ben Keys, your star. Speaking of stars, Hef, yep. Harry Schoenberg had 108 around. points. I'm coming around. He's an absolute stud. One goal, 24 touches, eight tackles. And I bet you didn't know that came from only 65% time Why on ground. Why do you say that low time on ground like it's a good thing? Like he's he's going to bump that up and average 150. He's the real deal, Hef. Stop I, trying to make excuses. I'm not. I'm, I think he's actually a good player. Like I'm coming around and I, and I admit I probably was way too harsh on him earlier in the season. I'm still not going to apologise until I see him average 100 in a season because that's when he becomes a good fan. Well, that's scorer. next year. So you can- All right, well, wait till then but I hate this only 65% time on ground yes that's because he doesn't have a big tank alright it's his second year I know but lots, there's so many like, inside to, mids that don't you know that Andrew Brayshaw couldn't get more than 60% know, time on ground but he was the their, greatest player that's ever played their, the game just look at their body types like he's a bit thicker set he's a bit bigger I'm not you know saying that's a bad thing it's just that those kind of body types generally play low time on ground for a lot of their career so he's basically Andrew Brayshaw but you won't accept it Andrew Bracewell looks like a bit more of an athlete than he does. That's why. Sean Bird looks like a stud. <laughs> he's thick, that's all. Uh, look, he's going to lose forward status next year, but you're definitely going to be keeping him. If you own him, it uh, looks exceptional. Uh, Rory Sloan at 102 points. And look, uh, kudos to you, Rory. You've almost tried to drag my side into a, um, a flag, but look, he ended the season hot with a couple tons. Look, for me, I own him, and I don't think he's capable in our 16-man keeper side. 32 at the start of next year. Has this looked a bit slower than he has in previous seasons? Um, but look, he's one that you can talk about in the same mould as a Selwood or someone like that who you can take early. Um, will always play a good role for your fantasy side and get you an 80 or so average. He's a type of player that you take if you've got, say, in like our league where we keep 16 and you, um, so that means you need to pick two to kind of fill out your best 18 for the start of the season. He's the kind of player you pick where you've got like, you got your, your your defense set. You got your forward set, and you just need like the last two players to round out your midfield. Mm-hmm. He's the type of player you take early in that situation, but probably not if you're not settled in those other lines. Yeah, is that a fair call? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because you probably want to try to get one of the better forwards or better defenders yeah, you early. Want to pinch a good, but yeah, as yeah. you said, if you've kind of got three or four, three or four good forwards and forwards yeah, and yeah. backs and a, and a good ruck, yeah, it's those because those mid those kind of last midfielders are the ones that are going to win your flag. And the, the other teams that we're talking about that do need those forwards will generally then have a midfielder that's kind of in the seventy range. In that last midfielder spot mm-hmm. and you've got some guys getting your 80 each week so there's a 10 point win there yep. type thing Correct. over those kind of over your opposition so totally yeah. agree yeah. Uh, Shane McAdam had 94 just a tip of the cap game for me he did take an absolute ripping hanger also kicked three goals but he's just not consistent enough and as a mature age kind of recruit at 26 it's a, it's a pass from me but well done Shane Ned McHenry's one who's growing on me as a crow uh, he had 82 points kicked one goal three and had 24 touches now Averaged 50 this season, uh, had four scores, 70 plus. Now, I don't really love his particular role, but there is something about him that he always has a crack and he always seems to be willing to lay a tackle and do some of that in and under stuff. So, he's one you could take very late, you know, last pick of a draft because I think he's best 22 in that Crows side and he does seem to be finding his feet more and more. So, just a good little foot soldier for next year and uh, one who might have a touch of upside. Uh, on to the last couple rues. Taran Thomas. I know we've 2G for paid him, Hef, but- You the love game talking that, about 2G for Pete. But this guy played an absolutely ripping game. It's the reason why we can't keep this podcast under an hour and 20 minutes these days. It's funny that Taran Thomas <laughs> went, had 120, which is how many minutes our pod goes for. But um, 
Look, he is the real deal. So uh, I reckon he's going to keep forward status next year and will be one of the primos next year. So good on you if you did get Tyron into your side this season. And lastly, Nick Larky, 71 points. And if you like key forwards, I think you've got to like this guy. He just looks like he's arrived as a player. Kicked three goals, 13 touches. North Melbourne will gradually improve. I think their list is a bit better than uh, a few people think. And I think that he'll kick a few more goals and get a bit more consistent. I think he's a great uh, late flyer next year, especially in a shallow forward pool. So, uh, yeah, if you like Suva Larky, get on board. I've been a, uh, a big Larky fan for the second half of this season. I've just realised what I've seen. And, like, yeah, another one that, you know, I think can average mid-70s mm-hmm. pretty consistently in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's probably another one that if the forward – you know, the lack of forwards, that trend kind of continues. He's someone that you could probably rely on probably yeah. in one or two years' time. Mm. All right, okay. So, uh, members. So, I think we ended up with f- around 450. I did work out the exact total last night and I forgot to write it down. I think That's it was very about, cool. I think it was about 451 or something like that. So, that is a huge uh, number. So, thanks heaps for supporting the podcast uh, this season. If we could bump that up a few for next year we could actually start doing a bit more um you know podcast work over our actual work and then we could actually do a second pod a week or something like that so if you love the podcast and you want to hear more of us we probably just need to bump those numbers up just a little bit and then we could actually spend a bit more time doing the podcast and uh yeah deliver more content each week for all our listeners so yeah if you're keen if that sounds like something you'd be interested in tell your friends to sign up too yeah exactly yeah get them on board especially caring especially if you know someone who's like uh listening pretty frequently and doesn't support you know um, you know, get into him. You know, play the uh, play the bigger man. Play the play the high ground. You know, really guilt him into it. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you appreciate the way we do, um, bring you the podcast. Just please consider becoming a member because it does help a lot. And yeah, like I said, we want to start doing more and more of this. Um, but yeah, we just need the time to do it. So anyway, um, if you sign up now, you'll get the draft fantasy scores, which will go up in November. Now I've mm. actually pulled all of the NAB League scores. Mm. So, and I've got all that under 18s from the other leagues and plus reserves. And, you know, there's a few guns playing in the seniors um, around the uh, Sanford and I think a couple in the Waffle as well. So, I will start dripping a few of those over the next uh, few weeks in the lead up to the draft, maybe after finals. Tasty. Yeah, and we'll, have, we'll put out a few articles on some of the well, – we what we usually do is we kind of uh, talk about the top. Uh, 20 draftees with the guys p- set to go in the top 20 and what their fantasy mm-hmm. scoring is like and then after that we just give you everyone's numbers mm-hmm. once the draft have happened so um, yeah yeah uh if you want to get on board those, make sure you sign up. Um, then we have our draft rankings for next year and then we'll put up all the final state league fantasy scores and if the VFL ever comes back somehow, we'll add those in too. I'm not sure it will. But those sort of things will help you with your drafts next year to kind of identify either rookies coming up or the next up-and-comers for you to take in your Keeper League draft. So head to keeperleaguepod.com.au or click the link in the description below uh, if you want to sign up. All right, we'll move into the listener questions in a second. Uh, we just forgot to read out the Apple uh, review. So we put the call out last week for uh, new reviews because we needed one to read out this week and on the everyone podcast. Everyone responded. And we had five new ones come through. So it bumped us up to Thank 105 so reviews, I think. We were only on 99 the other week, so that's so pretty, good. pretty awesome to see. So thanks to our listeners for doing that. Um, but yeah, those other four we'll read on the next kind of shows that we do in the off-season and the start of next year um, if we get around to it, when we get around to it. So, uh, all right, Casey. Do you want to read this one? It's from uh, it's a podcast favourite, a very familiar name, AJS Hawker. Do you want to read this one out? Is he ever? Uh, it says, a must for all Keeper League players. Anyone who is in a Keeper League needs to listen to this podcast. Informative, knowledgeable, with all the stats to back it up. Keep up the great work, AJS Hawker. Now, I reckon AJS Hawker is responsible for keeping our Facebook algorithm ticking over. So, like, you know how Facebook, like, if it doesn't get any likes and stuff, like, it doesn't show it to anyone? Mm-hmm. This guy likes every post. Mm-hmm. I love it. Like, you just you can just count on him for a like. Just absolute. The, we need more people like AJS Hawker. Absolute, you know. What Be is it? Like Diamond AJS in Hawker. the rough. Yeah, is, yeah, absolutely. Like, I know Twitter's our probably main channel, but uh, yeah, he's one on our Facebook. He just always clicks that like button, always keeps the algorithm ticking. He's responsible probably for another 10 people seeing that post. So, we and you, Mark Zuckerberg, thank you. Yep. 
Absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's get into the listener questions. Um, first one is Matt Ball. Uh, is Shuey a keeper in a 15-man keeper league case? How old is Luke Shuey, Hef? Um, that's a good question. I will find him here in a second and I'll give you some more stats on him as well because I think we want to look at probably what he's averaging, which I think is in the low 80s. Oh, no, high 80s. Is there, yeah? um, he is 31 years, so he'll be, he'll be turned 32. Um, some stage in the next season. So. Hmm. It's getting into the danger zone, especially for someone like him who has been a premium for Primo for a long time, but has had some injury issues of late. Yeah, I think you would be. I think you're pretty harsh culling him after this season because of the injury issues. I think it all depends on where your team is at. Like if you're a super youthful side and you've got mm. a heap of young rookies you want to keep in your side, um, I don't know if he'd be a delist. Surely you can trade him for a few draft picks or something like that as well. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be delisting him. I nah. would, I'd be trying to – if you're not if you're not going to hold him, I think someone will take him. Like I would take him, I think. Yeah, I'd yeah. 100% take him. You can mm. definitely go a 90-plus average and round out your midfield nicely mm-hmm. um, yep. if Agreed. he's you know, injury-free. So, Agreed. yeah, I don't think he's a delist just yet in a 15-man keeper league but yeah if you want to be harsh or you want to be bullish on some rookies then you could probably do it but mm. I, I wouldn't um, at DanK101 thoughts on Petrovsky Seaton for next year if he gets traded to another club that is um, and thoughts on Liam Stocker as a long term option enjoy the pod uh, another great year guys uh, if he goes to another club I would entertain the idea of picking him up um, there's obviously talk that he wants to be midfielder. I don't know if he's got the tank, but we've never really seen him, you know, have the opportunity to display that at Carlton. But I think him getting away from the Blues would be a positive. Um, and yeah, I'm always keen to, you know, have a crack at a guy who moves um, moves clubs because there's always a bit of extra opportunity usually. He's the kind of player you're probably only taking. Oh, you're probably taking really late in drafts at the moment, unless he kind of he does move clubs and then kind of he plays a first, you know a gun like preseason yeah. game or something like that. I think he's he a mid mid drafty. Yeah, I think at the time he goes, it's more that you could just be taking a punt on a few up-and-comers. That's all. It's like those types. So, depends where your team's at. But, nah, still probably – I'm not that keen on Petrovsky seat. No, he just hasn't shown enough when he did have ample opportunity at Carlton and when he kind of dropped down the depth chart, he just faded away completely. So, yeah. And what about Stocker? Yeah, I like Stocker's a long-term option. I think he was a fairly reasonable junior scorer mm-hmm. from uh, memory. He was uh, given a – I guess given a role, an opportunity early but kind of had another season to kind of go back to the twos and – they didn't play twos last year, but to go back and develop. Um, yeah, I just think given – I know he hasn't scored super well this year, but I think he's just been given opportunities. He's going to be really good for that. His role was nice for fantasy, um, kind of coming out of defense. Does take a few kick-ins as well from memory. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't mind Stocker as an option if you can somehow stash him for another year. I think he's a chance of having a little bit of a breakout next year under a new mm-hmm. coach as well. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I think he's a chance. A chance. Not like I don't think we go huge next season or anything like that, but I think this is a chance of just putting up some half decent numbers, you know, maybe get a few eighties here and there. Tend to agree. Yeah. Um at MW two PI. Um obviously have the off season to desired, but could Nash be a genuine keeper option? We keep sixteen in our league and my current toss ups are Bailey at F four, say Zach Bailey. Um Will Snelling F five. Scrimshaw, Nash, Haynes and McDonald are the ones he could replace for those two. What do you think? I personally wouldn't be keeping Nash over any of Bailey, Snelling or Scrimshaw. Will Snelling keep forward status? Mm, that's a very good question. That's my concern. Because he was playing the wing a bit, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. That's the only thing I'm concerned about. Scrimshaw, look, you look mad to be dropping Scrimshaw, I think, but that could defend. You could have stacks of defenders already, which we mentioned before, because um, defenders are quite a lot easier to come by. Only crazy people to list Jack Scrimshaw. <laughs> well, if you look at my four defenders, they're all pretty good. So, yeah, it's hard to make a case. Utility spots have. I know, I know. But I felt like I needed to stock up on forwards because I have none, and but none of those forwards were good. But anyway, um, oh yeah, Scrimshaw, I would find it very hard to drop Scrimshaw. Yeah. Um, I think if Nash is a like if Nash is a forward, I reckon he scores better than. Sorry, if Nash is named as a forward and plays midfield, I reckon he scores better than Bailey next season. My issue but was, I think long term, mm, Bailey will be better. My issue with someone like Nash is he's playing well when. There's a lot of guys not playing. Well, last you know, week they pretty much had their full midfield in and still scored pretty well. Yeah, I'm just talking about their peripherals and, you know, how people... Yeah. Yeah, like I said. But I think I think if, like, it's only a one-season thing. Like, I think if Nash does play midfield all next season, he scores better than Bailey does next season. But I think once a few of those, you know, your Robbos, your um, Dane Zorkos drop off a bit, I think... Um, Zach Bailey is your next kind of up-and-coming mm-hmm. through that midfield as well. So, Do agree there. Yeah. Um, depends what your short-term goals are. But yeah, I'd, I don't mind Nash and Scrimshaw. I'd be very close to keeping those two over Bailey and Snelling. 
Mm. Yeah. Wow. But like I said, I have to watch preseason. Like he said, he's got the offseason to decide. Yeah. Scrimshaw sure definitely have been over Snelling, I reckon. But also depends on how many defenders. Like, yeah. I'm assuming Snelling's he's got- been very underrated this year. He's an incredible. I know, I know. But do you see it continuing? When do you see him keeping forward status? Keeping forward status is a big one. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's the decision you're going to make next year. Yeah. If he's just a what? Did, what do you average in the end? Like, he's probably averaging like between eighty and ninety for the last five rounds, though, wasn't he? We can find out. I can't actually remember. I, I haven't watched because I, I generally let you do the Essendon game, so I haven't been watching him super closely. So I know Snelling averaged seventy-eight this year. Yeah, seventy-eight in the last five. Seventy-eight in the last five. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, but he did have like yeah a couple nineties in there as well. He rarely goes under sixty or seventy. So from round nice. sixteen, it was like ninety-seven, eighty-eight, seventy-four, ninety-two, then fifty-nine, seventy-six, ninety. So yeah, a lot of nineties and an eighty mm. in the last kind of between coming back into the side in round sixteen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Check on what status he, if he keeps if he keeps four status and if he maintains a role. Like Andy McGrath was playing on that wing last week. Did he play that role again? Um, I was uh, watching in the pub, so it wasn't yeah. the most in depth. Hard to hard to focus a lot of the time, especially when you're only focusing on your players. Correct. Yeah. Anyway, I, I I personally I probably at this point in time I like Scrimshaw and Nash over Bailey and Snelling, but it's, there's a lot of there's a lot of different factors in there to happen over the off-season. So, take your time thinking about it and just weigh up those opinions, I think. Um, Jade E. Not who put Bella in which helm? And then if you need context, he put a wiki link. I read this. So, we said put out put in some random questions um, if you wanted to. So, I read this up. It's an old English um, a mystery where they found a, some kids found a skeleton in 1940s and then the um, – the autopsy report on the remains went missing. So there's a big mystery about it. So I got no idea. Soon um, to be a Netflix series. Surely. I, no, I have no idea who put Bellamy Chow. Probably the same as um, same person who killed the uh, the Beaumont, the Somerton man. Sorry, mm, the Tom and Shud, and the, probably the same person who took the Beaumonts as well. I reckon all that one evil dude <laughs> gets around. Yeah, it's Australia and England <laughs> gets Different, around. Yeah, same person probably. Just old and murder mystery. Um, Gorn Fritchen, I like that name. Uh, asks. At HefKL seems to be a real Instagram influencer these days when it comes to cooking. Uh, question to Hef is, uh, what's your favorite ingredient to use? And TKL K's, uh, it's K's on Twitter. How do you put up with Hollywood's attitude? Rolling on the floor laughing, rolling on the floor laughing. Cheers for your ripper year, lads. Favorite ingredient. Do you know, I reckon if I, it's not like one ingredient, but it's a series of ingredients that are related. But Here we go. If this I is why our cook, podcast goes for so long. If I wouldn't cook with, if I couldn't cook with fresh herbs, I just I wouldn't do it. It's a, it's the game changer. Going from the dried master foods in the cupboard to actually chopping up fresh herbs and using those, that's where your real flavour comes from. What's your favourite herb? I was actually I knew you were going to ask me this, and actually I thought about it. And I couldn't choose like they're pretty basic, but fresh thyme, fresh basil, uh, probably fresh rosemary as well. Mm. Like I just don't like I can't separate those. They're the three game changers I reckon. Right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Everything I cook will probably have one of those three things in it. Okay. I think yeah. coriander would be my favourite. Yeah, I'm a big fan of coriander, but it's more in your Asian styles and your curries yeah. and things like that, which I'm not cooking all of the time. Yeah, I cook a lot of Asian, so yeah. that's where. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, how do you put up with me, Case? Uh, <laughs> with great difficulty? Yeah. <laughs> I usually have to have a lot of alcohol before I come here. <laughs> a lot of remedy can butcher you, man. No, don't. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. He's okay. Okay. He's yeah. okay. Good. No, nah, he just he has this Hollywood persona on Twitter, but- He's actually quite a humble young man in, in real life. Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, at Isaac underscore WF, uh, who should I trade out of Cripps and Hugh Greenwood? Would be my sixth mid and I hardly have any forwards left after DTV yeah. goes away. I'll keep Cripps, just the star factor. Yeah. I think you could keep Cripps and you, if it's still not going well, you could trade him and get some value out of it. Yeah. Like I don't think Greenwood holds as much value. Yeah. And Greenwood is missing for a lot of next season as well, isn't he? Correct. Yeah, yeah, so probably take keep Cripps. Um, yeah, and trade Hugh Greenwood. Uh, MP Punchy, um, is Connor Nash worthy of rookie status, a uh, rookie stash if he holds four status? Um, I think he is, yes. Other possibilities are Newcomb or Rivers or Elijah Hollands. I'd probably want to – I'd want to keep Rivers, but at the, uh, with the f- lack of forwards, probably Connor Nash if he keeps the role. Rivers for me. Yeah, I like Rivers too. Um at Luke D. Hiscock, um, your ideal Mad Monday plans with the lads. What's yours, Case? Um, with the lads, I'm a pretty simple kind of guy. I just like a nice pub, you know, snitty, some beers, yeah, TAB, you know, that kind of gear. I was thinking about this earlier. I think uh, 
craft brews and a good beer garden, sunshine. Mm, beer garden is key. That's what I want. Um, but if I was doing a proper like, if I was going to do it crazy, like a footy trip style type thing, maybe just like, yeah, a brewery tour or something, tour or something brewery like that. Brewery tour. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a pretty decent Mad Monday. Just jump on a bus, head down, you know, into the hills, down McLaren Bowway as well. Be nice. See, I, the bus tour is a tough one because like you've kind of got to be like a bit, like you've got to have that weird level where you don't want to be too drunk that you're like vomiting everywhere. Yeah, but we're in our 30s and we don't do that anymore. You might not. <laughs> I might just get really bust sick. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Motion sickness. Yeah. Anyways, let's wrap it up, guys. Uh, the questions are getting silly now. So that's a Zambrero wrap. Uh, a Zambrero wrap on 2021. But we will be back in the next few weeks. Um, I think there is talk of a Dossie's really keen on a Pod Pod Keeper League crossover. Why is he really episode? keen on it? I don't know. He just thinks it might be good to get us all four in a Does room. Does he just want to groom me about like Schoenberg or? Oh, but then you could groom him about. You could feel them about um, that keeper league and how he didn't make the finals, even yeah. though Cam did without fielding a whole team for 10 weeks. That so, is crazy. Yeah, we could have a jab it in with that. So don't worry, we can go Good. hammer and tongs at each other. Good, we will. Um, yeah, if you are keen to get around us on our socials or if you want to get around my cooking adventures, uh, follow me at HefKL on Instagram but, uh, or HefKL on Twitter and your TKLKs on Twitter if people mm-hmm. haven't realised that so far. But our, our, our keeper league socials are at keeper league pod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you drink plenty of remedy. Thank you to everyone who used the uh, code. Um, Have we got for, stats on that? Uh, not officially, but mm. uh, yeah. I'd I love guess, to know. Yeah. I guess we'll um, yeah need to uh, get that uh, sorted out. Um, but yeah, I think yeah I think we did okay this year for them. And make sure you eat Zambreros as well. Um, I guess there's just a few thank yous as well. So I reckon just big thank you to um, obviously all the members, but uh, a few individuals, I guess. Um, huge thanks to the Warn Dog and the Traders for getting us on the AFL website this mm-hmm. year and getting us a stack of publicity of that. And, and also, turning Hollywood into Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. And I don't. Yeah. I don't. I think the Hollywood thing is over exaggerated. Um, yeah. I can I can still walk around at the footy and no one recognises me yeah. these days. So Sometimes. when I start getting recognised at the footy, that's when it's Hollywood status. Um, but yeah, and also you know getting the Patty Dow song on the uh, on the airwaves and that sort of stuff as well on the on the main podcast, that sort of stuff. Uh, and then thanks to the Pod Pod lads, um, uh, yeah, and then Dossie and um, and Louis who have been awesome at repping the brand this year on their show. But then also um, all of our writers. Um, so Simo um, Daz has done a bit of stuff for us uh, Doss has done a bit and then Kays and myself we do the podcast but we've done writing uh, I think that's most of the writers for this season that have chipped in and sorry apologies if I missed anyone let me know if I missed anyone and a huge thanks to Adza 08 Elf for all the help with the coding and stuff uh, my nerd skills are okay but they're not as good as that guys and he helps me fill all the holes also uh, Cam and Stato who filled in for me at times when I was uh, honeymooning or stuck in isolation and so. thanks too obviously and thanks even though too. he's now dirty word after bailing on yeah. us uh, last few weeks but I guess we'll thank him for the uh, pre-season stuff he did to help us out and then yeah that sort of stuff too so yeah if we missed anyone on the thank yous we apologise but uh, yeah and you know there's so many people going to making this show um, what it is so without those little bits of help along the way it's uh, very hard to make it possible so yeah thank you to all those people anyways we'll probably talk to you post finals at some stage mm-hmm. on this uh, podcast feed and we'll wrap up the keeper league worthy players from the finals do a bit of a uh, award show maybe for our um, our teams as well mm-hmm. um, and then keep an eye on the crossover and a few other things in the coming weeks should be good fun alright see you later see you guys <laughs>